welcome to episode number 80 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on August the 9th, 2020. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Hey, my name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm Alan. I'm also a ham radio operator, safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. I'm Gavin. I'm an instructor with Ragnarok Tactical, a volunteer search and rescue person, a CCFR field officer, and a regular panelist on the OG CPP. They hate us because they ain't us. Uh, if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at www.rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on, the backup generator fueled, and Eric's dad joke's coming. <laughs> and we all know that's the best part, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's what everybody listens for. That's why I come so, back. So if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Is everybody ready for the terrible dad joke? I look forward to this all week. (laughs) We've got some content we found in the woods for you this episode. (laughs) Wow. Uh, We're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. We'll let you know uh, what we did for our preparedness since the last episode, and then we'll get into the main topic of uh, joining your local search and rescue group. Although locals used to be a relative term. Um, (laughs) I kind of went a little nuts on uh, on the news tonight um, because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the world, and we can't forget that our... Our COVID is not the only thing that's happening. Um, so, in, in case you've been living under, in, in case you have been living under a rock, there was a large explosion in Beirut. Um, a cl- the crater is approximately forty-three kilometers deep. Yep. Um, and after that, um, protesters have protests have turned into riots, demanding the resignation of some of the more senior um, elected. I'll use that term loosely. Officials in Lebanon, and an election, a snap election, is being called. Uh, closer home, a protest in Montreal over mandatory mask regulations um, draws thousands of people, most of them not wearing masks. Uh, I put a little op-ed in the uh, in the show notes. I'm not going to read it out here for the most part, but I think it's it's safe to say that we're all uh, we're all kind of sick and tired of the indoctrination, and we're no longer pretending this is about safety. Uh, Manitoba, there was a tornado, killed two people. Severe weather remains a high risk to everyone. So. Keep your keep your eye on the radar, and listen to your weather channels. And then, um, probably a, a, an article more appropriate to the other CPP. But um, two Canadians in China have been sentenced to death for drug trafficking. I'm going to guess that based on their names, they are Chinese-born but gain Canadian citizenship. Either way, um, kids don't do drugs. Grown-ups don't kill other people. Yeah. Kind of looks like we've been kind of gone the other way with that, like from the from the drug thing. We're trying to like legalize heroin and meth, and they're, they're kind of still on the other end of the spectrum on that one. It does not serve the yeah. benefit of the party to have people thinking freely. No, mm-hmm. or expanding their mind clearly. Well, uh, for myself, I've got a couple articles here. Uh, so first off, from August the sixth, uh, Bell and Telus customers report network network outages in Ontario and Quebec, and people lost their minds. Internet was down for a couple of hours. And uh, yeah, if you're watching uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything else after it came back up, people were very much so unimpressed. So 
kind of helps uh, back up why you should have an alternate way of communications or an alternate form. It's not yeah. just about Facebook and Instagram and pre-download those cat videos. So you've got yeah. something to watch. That's, yeah. Yeah. Just download the entire internet. What could go wrong? I we used to be addicted it. to meth. Now we're addicted to pictures. Well, yeah. the screeching of teenage girls would probably be heard like 200 miles away. If it cuts out. I mean, I actually, I just, I had an incident in the house this morning when one of the iPods went or I, yeah, the ear pods, whatever those things are called, the, yep. uh, the ear pod thing went missing. Well, it's just like the end of the world. So I can imagine the internet that'd be even worse. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just download all 80 episodes of, uh, of our podcast. You'll be good for quite a while. And then you and you'll fall asleep fast. So that's good. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have endless hours of entertainment. <laughs> and all those dad jokes. Yes. Yes. They're great. Yeah. Uh, and another article here about uh, Hazleton receiving uh, funding for emergency preparedness by the province. So that's out of BC. And uh, it looks like they're starting to, to spread some money around and helping some, uh, some various uh, cities and towns with uh, their emergency preparedness. So it's good to see. Yeah, they got, uh, they're kind of in the danger zone for forest fires as well. Like uh, they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And um, yeah, it's probably good because they one road in, one road out type of thing. You know, they've got a, a couple of major issues to deal with on a seasonal basis. So it's probably not a bad idea to get some money flowing that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was just good to see uh, something besides money going towards COVID. Not that that's not needed, but it's good to see they're throwing it elsewhere as well. So Fair enough. let's move to uh, what we've done lately for preps. So uh, for myself, been on the road for work. Boring. But I, and whoever wrote boo in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have been me. Uh, yeah, so myself, I uh, did some recurrent training at work, so that kind of took me away for a couple days. I uh, had a few days of rain for the first time in must be two months, so we were happy to do that and took advantage of the rainy days just to do some reloading. Um, yeah, well, as I was doing my daily hike with the Strava app, you know, I uh, <laughs> suffered a dog bite, pretty bad one, actually. Uh, six stitches, uh, which affected my trigger finger. Oh, horrible stuff. And... Um, so I end up having to have like Lego hands in one hand. I was just like, kind of like, unless I had like an oversized field phone, I couldn't do much with it. And uh, yeah, so I took the time to reevaluate and reorg the first aid kit in the home and in the truck. And uh, yeah, took care of that because I noticed when I was trying to patch myself up and I came home bleeding like a stuck pig, I, I couldn't wrap it up as fast as I wanted. So I took care of that. Um, went to a company military surplus. They had a clear out sale. They're closing September 1st. So uh, everything's 50% off. So that's good. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I also, a friend of mine that I sold some roosters to a couple weeks ago, or some chickens to, uh, dropped off a free 2,000-watt generator. Um, and it's sitting just a meter to my left here. we got torn apart, figure out what parts it needs, and I think I've got all the parts. So I'm going to try and put it together after the show, see if it works, and then maybe give it a paint job, and there you go. Generator, just like that. Nice. nice. Freeze, freeze good. Yeah. Good. Uh, stocked up on some sundries, uh, mostly animal feed, basically in preparation for the second wave. Uh, <laughs> assuming that people get stupid and want to shut everything down again, I want to make sure I have lots of animal feed. Uh, planted some mint to get my uh, my mojitos going, and a couple other various plants. I uh, think I sent you guys some pictures have, of my Have you put the mint in its own garden so that it doesn't overgrow everything else, though? I did. It's, it's still going to overgrow everything else. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I put I planted a couple of kinds of mint this year and I was expecting them both to grow exponentially and neither of them, neither of them spread much. I put them in their own containers off to the side and I'm, would you like some of my mints? Cause it is all actually, the I, I actually would. I, I did. I, I was expecting to get more out of it. And uh, anyways, yeah, this is actually the fifth time we've planted mint in the acreage and we have yet to have it take off anywhere, but I've tried some Indian mint and spearmint this time and to see what would take off because yeah, our soil just isn't, 
right for it, and the north is the center of the the amount of rain we get. Because during the during the rainy season, it's too cold, and then during the the dry season, it's just too dang hot, and we don't get rain for months on end, right? So yeah, it doesn't really take off here. Hmm. Anyway, but uh, wild berries are coming into season, so so far we've been picking uh, huckleberries, blackberries, and some thimbles uh, just to gather up for some uh, extra food and jam and everything else. So that's pretty much it for me. Awesome. Um, today we harvested um, hundreds upon hundreds of tomatoes and actually ended up canning about three liters of tomato sauce from our garden. So that was our uh, um, our big triumph. We also harvested a big, uh, um, big eggplant and we've got enough cucumbers that we're going to do a batch of pickles uh, this coming week. Uh, finally got my truck. I'm really excited about that. Uh, so my next step is a is a bug out trailer. So that's our uh, uh, go back to what was that three three or four episodes ago, and yep. uh, we can uh, and go back and learn about how, what we're going to do for that and start start the plan. Also had some uh, some damage from the storm a couple of weeks back that prevented me from being on the show, and um, so now I'm getting a new roof, which is turning into a pretty major home renovation along with the new garage that I'm building. So it's going to be uh, going to be exciting few months. Welcome to the home renovation club. Oh man, it, I mean it's a hundred it's a hundred and ten year old property or hundred and ten year old house, and um, the the garage or the the, the existing garage is like nineteen fifty something, and um, it would be cheaper to just tear it all down and start again, but then we wouldn't have a place to live. So, all right, shall we move into the main topic? Yeah, so I guess we're uh, all asking ourselves why would we want to join the search and rescue thing from a preparedness perspective. Um, well, as we know, there's certain types of personality types out there. There's people that lead and people that follow and people that try and protect other people, also known as the sheepdogs versus the sheep. Um, I like to think they're all quality people that are into preparedness and look out for their community. So um, I'd say it's a good opportunity, opportunity to meet uh, like-minded people. I'd say by and large, that's an accurate assessment. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I mean, there, there's definitely um, a couple of weirdos that seem to come along with some of these groups. Um, but I mean, yeah, by, by and large, like everybody's there for, for the right reasons for the most part. And yeah, is, is always looking to help out. So it's it's a good thing. Well, maybe a, a group that doesn't have the odd token weirdo, whether it be a gun club meeting or a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's always that guy, right? There's yeah. got to be that guy. If that yeah. guy's not there, the whole group cohesiveness just falls apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. totally reasonable. I mean, yeah. you'll find you'll find the outliers in every group, but for the most part, yeah, they're they're all they're all good folks. Did, uh, yeah. did you say there's some people that follow around search and rescue or fire people that uh, kind of show up to the scene and kind of want to, you know, LARP a bit? Well, or in did... yeah, <laughs> in in the in the fire service, we call them fire buffs. I, I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if search and rescue has the same terminology. Yeah, so, so we, I mean. We have a few members of our group that are also fire buffs, and some of them even go around in old, like decommissioned police cars and things <laughs> like that. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. It's not my thing. But like, like I said, like it, it's their hobby. That's fun. They still come out and help people, so they're still good people. Just a little odd at times, at least to me. But I'm sure I'm equally as odd just for different reasons. <laughs> well, I there, would say there, nobody's quirk-free on this panel. I think. <laughs> yeah. There are also people who sit along train tracks and catalog the passing of trains. So yeah, true. weird true. takes many forms. It does. Yeah. Um, on the search and rescue end of it, though, um, there's not so much like the equivalent in, in terms of a fire buff, but there are 
um, definitely some news people that kind of tag along in case there's some not so fun calls that you're on and, you know, more of a recovery type of thing. Mm. Um, so I haven't had to deal with that directly, but my, my group certainly has when we've gone and assisted with some things, uh, further east from where we are. Um, there's, yeah, the local person has a police scanner and when anytime there's a call, we'll, we'll be on scene and, you know, there's always a couple people kind of designated to block this person and stop them from interfering with the search and getting photos and all that. And the, the, the group has actually had to put protocols in place because this news person, you know, took photos of group members like shaking hands and kind of, you know, standing around having a smoke and laughing about something while the rest of the team was going on a, on a recovery, which, I mean, when you've done so many of them, it's kind of commonplace and like, you know, you got to laugh about it sometimes or at least about something else to help get you Black through the, has to come out. Yeah, the, the uncomfortableness of what you're going on and, you know, and, and regardless of what you're doing, I mean, everybody else's life has to, to carry on and, you know, people don't always understand that. And when you kind of catch a, a photograph of that out of context, then people get mad. So we've had to like, nobody's allowed their cell phone except for the, you know, the search leaders and then no, no shaking hands, no having cigarettes, no this, no that, no anything. There's a designated spot for all of that. And it's, you know, cordoned off so that no one can see it. It's all about optics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Actually, it was the first time I ever heard such a comment. But when I was getting the stitches at the uh, clinic the other day, I had just I was texting you guys actually, <laughs> and uh, the doctor comes in to do the stitches, and she's she's like, "You're not going to record me, are you? I don't give you permission to record me." I'm like, "I wasn't planning to, but do people actually do that?" <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, yeah they should watch the show." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, oh okay, I, that yeah. whatever." And I wasn't my plan, but anyway. Yeah, uh, had to kind of giggle more than anything else, but it's the way society is now, right? Everybody wants to record everybody on the Instagrams yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, service to the community. I mean, uh, if you're if you're heading down that direction for a career path, this is you know, police, fire, EMS, or whatever. I think it's a good entry level kind of uh, position slash job to uh, to kind of dip your toe into the water on that one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'd, I'd say it's a it's a way to to know exactly how you're going to react in an emergency situation without dedicating yourself to a career in it first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we have many members that are working towards being, you know, a police or firefighter or something like that, or are active in, in that sort of career field and kind of got their start doing the volunteer stuff and, you know, kept it up. So, yeah, it's... There are, it's, there are a lot of volunteers from the area where I was involved with search and rescue that are now um, career guys. They're firefighters, they're police officers. Um, actually one just became a deputy chief of a local police service. And, and he's also, he's also the chief of one of the, uh, he's also one of the deputy chiefs of one of the local fire departments, the volunteer fire departments. And um, he taught a, he taught a course a few, few months ago when I was in school. And um, you know, it was one of those, we, uh, we knew each other way back when, and the uh, the memory doesn't fade. So it was it was kind of good to see him again. And I remember when he was a constable, and now he's the deputy chief. That's That's good. Cool. I mean, it's yeah, yeah it certainly is a, a small world when you start getting into sort of some more niche 
careers and, and volunteer groups like that. I mean, the, the one downside I would say though, is that you get a lot of people, at least uh, where I am, that, that say they want to volunteer and will kind of go through the motions and join and maybe kind of come to one or two events and then never show up. And then, you know, we'll get a call for a reference to say like, Hey, is this person part of your group? And you're like, uh, they, they were. And like, we've got a, a whole computer system that tracks attendance and all that. So like we can say they were, but like they only showed up to, you know, eight hours worth of events back in, you know, 2015. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Posers. Yeah. And then we've also unfortunately uh, lost a few amazing members uh, to full-time employment in some sort of, you know, first responder field. So it, it yep. kind of sucks when that happens that they, you know, they cut their teeth doing the volunteer stuff and get those volunteer hours that gets them the job. But then they have no time for the volunteer stuff and you, you lose them. But yeah, it's know. never good when the experience walks up. Yeah. yeah. But at least they've gone into something where their experience will be, be utilized and it's not like they just kind of yeah. got burned out or whatnot, but yeah. True. Yeah, well, it's positive. not like they would, well, if somebody asked them how, what do you know, how do you become a policeman or fire chief or whatever that they're the first thing they're going to do is they're going to mention how they started in something like this. Yeah. So that that'll be a feedback loop for you guys to get new volunteers too. Well, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, from the selfish perspective, I'm actually kind of curious. So what kind of courses and skills uh, you can glean out of the course, like by volunteering, like uh, just not going to send you in blind into the bush looking for people. So uh, what kind of stuff do they, do they promote? I mean, for, for my group, um, all of our members are given standard first aid and uh, stop the bleed. We have our own in-house instructors for both of those. Uh, myself being one of the stop the bleed ones and working towards standard first aid, but then the coronas happened, so that's all on on pause. But um, you know, that's currently what we provide to our members for free, and that's mandatory that everybody has those two things. But there are also some opportunities. So we've partnered with a lot of other local groups, and they also have their own in-house instructors for various things like ground search and rescue. Um, EMR was another one. So some of the, the guys got to go uh, take their EMR certification classes and all that uh, Which, for a very reduced price. What does uh, EMR stand for? Uh, emergency medical responder. It's basically like the highest. It's basically, you're a paramedic, but without being a paramedic. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like that's pretty cool that they got to go do that at a you know much, much reduced rate. Yeah, um, that's some awesome training, and if it can be subsidized, even better. Yeah, so yeah, it might not always be free, but you know, we get access to a lot of stuff, or even just have the opportunity where you know, if you were just a random person off the street, you you wouldn't be given it, even if you still have to pay full pop for it. But uh, you know, we were supposed to all go get our swift water rescue and stuff like that, or at least like the first level of that this year, because we do the uh, float your fanny down the ganny events. <laughs> Which is a hilarious event, but uh, yeah, the the Port Hope Fire Department was supposed to get us all on that, and unfortunately, again, the, the Corona's got in the way, and yeah. yeah, pesky Corona's messing everything up. Yeah. Uh, so, they work on like navigation or how to like do a grid search or like intercept, you know, using the radios or anything else. Yeah, I mean, there. My group is maybe a little bit lacking on the comms department and what proper radio procedure is, but we're we're working on that. 
Um, but yeah, like we, we do several training exercises throughout the year that encompass standard first aid stuff, uh, ground search and rescue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the sister kind of groups we partner with all do the same. And we, you know, have a, a relationship with them where like, if we throw a training event, everyone else is welcome to attend it as well and vice versa. So yeah, we get a lot of that kind of, yeah, land nav, search and rescue grid and, you know, the procedures of how to do that properly and all of your spacing and, and all that. And, um, we've actually even got a guy that just joined our group that, uh, got his advanced drone navigation and all of that license or whatnot. And, and, uh, actually has a drone for search and rescue. That's got a thermal camera and a night vision camera. And he's working on instructing us to get our, our basic licenses and, you know, go from there if we want to. So yeah, there's definitely all kinds of cool opportunities uh, that you can get from from joining your local group. It also puts you in a position to work really closely with other people who are in in that same community. It builds a fantastic network of, as Ian mentioned, like-minded people, but also of people who may be in a position to help you down the road. So people who are putting who are if you know if you're aiming for law enforcement it puts you in it puts you in contact with people who are also involved in law enforcement which could work out there if you don't yeah that's kind of what i was going to come around to is like the idea of resume padding per se like i mean because yeah like i think if you apply to any sort of community service job like uh, police or whatever uh, they're going to ask you what kind of community service you've provided or you know and volunteer work and that's going to be a guaranteed plus right there Well, yeah, and you've, you've already got, yeah, something kind of similar built in. And then, you know, if you've managed to acquire any of these skill sets through doing this, it's like they come, you know, built into you already. It says, oh, yeah, no, I've already got my standard first aid, my stop the bleed, my swift water rescue, my this, my that, my everything else. So, like, those are valuable skills to people that are in situations that can go sideways very quickly, right? Like, yeah. Well, especially for the young, I think the younger types that, uh, you know, need some direction, they all want to do certain jobs, but they don't know how to do it. And it's a good way in. I think also uh, teamwork and leadership opportunities, like uh, to work as a team. And also maybe one day, if you've been in long enough, they'll put you in charge of like a team of searchers or whatever, and you can practice your leadership skills that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, our group has uh, epaulets that we designate, you know, ranks on based on your medical training because that's more of the stuff that we deal with uh but one of our sister organizations does a lot more of the ground search and rescue and they have yeah crew leaders and stuff like that so their epaulet ranks are based on who's allowed to lead a team in search and rescue and who's supposed to be you know the guy actually doing the searching and rescuing and then you know who's in charge of the overall event and stuff like that so yeah it's pretty interesting stuff that's good. Yeah, it gets kind of used to a hierarchy of I can't know everything, but all of us together can can work towards a common goal. Uh, Absolutely, it helps out. Yeah, we got a comment from uh, Infamous E. There yeah. it says uh, I did St. John Ambulance Volunteer Brigade uh, duty years ago. The unit I was uh, with ended up getting specialized training, which is vehicle extraction, swift water, restricted spaces, and much more, all for free. I I was also a St. John Ambulance volunteer for I don't know. 20 some odd years and yeah, very, very much the same experience. Um, put in a lot of time, 
but got a lot, got like an absolute ton out of it. Extrication. Uh, we did high angle more than swift water, um, just because yeah. those were the people that we had available to train for us. Um, but I mean, we had you know spent lots of time repelling off the uh, repelling off the building and um, learning how to go make you know run the uh, run the Stokes basket and get it picked up and all kinds of other groovy things. So it was uh, a hugely valuable experience and. Again, you know the the contacts I made there, the people that I the people that I met there, you know, twenty years later, it's all coming full circle. And you know, I'm 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 new to the fire service, but I don't get treated like a newbie by the people that remember me from back then. Yeah, it's interesting too. I started the uh, local lady that runs uh, the search and rescue organization here, and uh, she was saying, yeah, a lot of high angle stuff. Obviously, with all the uh, the ravines and stuff around here, it's kind of one of those necessary things where they're trying to pull somebody up, but it's been you know falling down, broken leg, or whatever. Yeah, some interesting training to be had for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely a, a small world. And once you get into it, I mean, you know, I, I met Alan through doing some stuff on this podcast, but having conversations with him, we know a few people in common that are all part of this community. Like that's how small it is, you know. Yeah, just like it, it goes back to how small the world is in general and then how small the specialized communities yeah. are beyond that. And, yeah, we've got a lot of we've yeah. got a lot of mutual friends. That, like yeah. more than I more than I would have expected. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's but that's that's part of it, the whole networking thing, right? And it's yeah, if you want to go into that as a career, you know, this person knows that person, and this person runs this thing, and all that. And it's yeah, it's if you do plan a career in this, not only is it good to just give back because it's good to give back, it's also beneficial to you in getting ahead in your career because it's not always what you know, it's who you know. Oh, well, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, and more importantly, who knows you? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's pretty much it for me. Another thought, too. We're talking all this, um, like, angle and, and repelling and, and all this training, uh, but this would be a motivation as well to stay in shape and, and keep those skills up to date, right? You, you can't repel and, and do all the angle uh, rescues and all that kind of stuff without keeping up some level of physical fitness. So Absolutely, uh, yeah. And, and, I mean, just, you know, it's it's one thing to go and, like, you know, you do your standard first aid refresher, you know, every couple of years, which is probably enough for most things. But, you know, having a few events throughout the year where either you actually legit have to use something or even just the scenarios that we put out, it's practice, right? Like, it's some things you just forget. Like, even if it's a little thing that, you know, it's not life or death, but it's like, oh, if I remember to, like, flick a bee sting away instead of, like, doing something else whatever, I'm not going to kill someone if I do it wrong, but just little things like that. You keep up the skill and keep up the training and you means you're that much better at it. Yeah. I could just imagine for the motivation aspect, you know, some guy sitting on the couch, the t- call goes off because Timmy's stuck in the well or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm too tired, man. I just got to chill play video games today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Another, another bag of chips open and let Timmy swim on his own. Yeah. Well, so I mean, right, right towards the you know the first part of the whole Corona lockdown, where um, I wasn't working at the time because we'd shut down. I was so bored, and we got a call over on the radio like at night that there was a, a kid that went missing, and I'm just like frantically grabbing my stuff and like I'm like oh, finally like something to go and do just to get out of the house like <laughs> and be useful. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I mean. Before I even managed to get all my stuff together, we got another call over the radio that they'd already located the kid and everything was fine. So, like, it all worked out nicely in the end. But I was uh, definitely excited to be able to get out and do something. 
and as much as it's um, it's not a good thing when you get called into service, there is definitely a feeling of accomplishment and of satisfaction when you can actually go be part of the solution. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and that's that, that's not that's not isolated, of course, to search and rescue. That's you know, that's, it's it, it's, oh, pretty, yeah, it's anything, a pretty broad yeah. spectrum, but um, it's it's a way that you can that you can achieve that feeling um, without dedicating your entire career to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another point here: it's it's a good way to learn what not to do in an emergency situation. Right, so you're getting yes. all that training and you're getting all that information, uh, and you get to practice yeah. it, and you learn what is going to work and what's not going to work. Yeah, well, we kind of touched on it earlier there too. There's like kind of a stress inoculation thing, right? And yeah. if you, uh, you know, if you find out that you consistently lose your mind every time there's a stressful situation, maybe it's not for you to carry on. But maybe yeah. it is. Maybe you're an adrenaline junkie or something, right? And then, yeah. you know, we're so yeah. great. But I mean, even if you are the kind of person that stresses out when you you encounter things, the more you encounter them, hopefully, the less you get stressed out. So yeah. over time, you know, you'll get better at it, or the, you know, you'll find other ways to like, maybe you're really good at comms and you can, as long as you don't see the blood, yep. you could be the guy on the radio in the command trailer that, that tells everyone where to go, you know, that's does that's all the interning on the computer for you, right? Like that's right. everybody finds their strength and they all fit into the team accordingly. Exactly. Preparation leads to victory. The more you prepare, yep. the easier it is to succeed. Yep. Got it. It was actually kind of funny when I walked in the door the other day with that uh, that bite and I was bleeding all over the place. <laughs> I just told the wife, I said, don't look. Put my hand behind my back. I was like, just don't look. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. And went into the bathroom and the, the one daughter goes in there and she helps me wrap it up and everything else. And I was like, you can come in now. And <laughs> she was able to come in there. But she was able to drive no problem under stress and everything else. But it just, it was actually kind of funny. They've each got their strengths. Yep. Yeah. That's so. yeah, the, the fun part about a group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody fits in. Everybody finds their strength. When when my son was really really young, this is my. By the way, um, in your first aid kit, and probably not in your first aid kit, but in your freezer, make sure you always have blue popsicles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when your lips and tongue turn blue, it's usually an indication that you are not getting adequate oxygenation to your blood. Um, especially with kids, if they turn blue, they get attention really fast. When my son was really young, I managed to close his finger in a door. And actually, uh, actually remove most of the end of it. Um, he and I both happened to be wearing white shirts. He was about two years old, and he was just kind of standing, like flailing his hand around, screaming. So he and I both got pretty, pretty well covered in blood. Because I'm calm in an emergency, I bandaged him up, drove him to the hospital, carried him in because he was two, and I was feeling a little bit guilty about taking off the end of my son's finger. Um, but he was quiet. His lips and tongue were blue, and he and I were both covered in blood. I have never seen medical personnel move so quickly in my life. They thought that he was dying um, just because just because there was there was blood and, and screaming kids screaming kids are healthy kids, right? We we, we yeah. this is a long established fact. As long as kids are making noise, we know they're breathing okay. But he wasn't making any noise, and so they figured that he was, you know, he was circling the drain. But in reality, he was just calm because I was calm. And so if it, it, this is, in, and I can, I can thoroughly pin that experience back on years and years of training to be calm when somebody's bleeding. Um, and so that was, you know, it, it got us, it got us to the waiting room really quick, if nothing else. But um, blue popsicles are, are, uh, uh, are, are, are the lesson I took away from that. Really, that's, that's yeah. like the urgent care life hack. 
<laughs> yeah, well, oh, no, I, I, took, I took him straight because we in, like we have a children's hospital in in town. So um, any of the urgent care centers, any of the other hospitals, they will just they will just deflect straight to straight to children's hospital. And they're like, we'll stabilize him here, and then you'll take we'll take him by ambulance. So you might as well just drive him straight there if he's ambulatory. Um, but yeah, I, so I took him straight. So it was like walking through the emergency room, and just like the look on the nurse's face as I kind of went through the door, and and they realized that he was blue, and there was a lot of blood, and we were like, it was accentuated by the white shirts, and he wasn't making any noise. And I was carrying him, and he was, you know, he was a big enough kid that he should be walking, and all of those things combined. Um, well, that I mean, yeah, if you get a blue freezy, the kid's happy because he's got a freezy, and then you get through the hospital quicker too, right? Exactly. It's win win. It's, it it is. is. There's there's no there's no downside to this really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about tricking the medical staff. It's fine. Yeah. Well, they figured they figured it out pretty quick, but like. It, but it's, uh, it, it's too late then. Yeah. yeah it's too late. <laughs> <early. laughs> we're, we're already we're already it's through already the we're already through the checkpoint at this point. Yeah. So. You're already fast tracked. It's. Fine. <laughs> but yeah, so the the swing this topic back around into the the, uh, the preparedness world, it, it's going to expose you to those stressful situations. It's going to expose you to a lot of new training and and experiences that you might not necessarily be exposed right. to. And it's going to help ground you and get you used to being under stress and experience stressful scenarios and stressful situations. And it's it's going to introduce you to a whole network of people that you may not necessarily have met otherwise. So it's a, it's a great opportunity yeah. for, for people yeah. to, to get involved in. And it can certainly help with your, uh, your preparedness mindset and, and get you exposed to a lot of things that you might not be exposed to normally. Yeah, I mean, you, you will be interacting with the community a lot if you get into anything like this, which is... Yeah. You know, a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, people suck. But also, <laughs> you better get used to it because we're not all hermits. And so we have to deal with them at some point. So, yeah, better yeah. get good at it. Well, yeah, people suck no matter what. So you might, yeah. as well get, you might as well get good at dealing with it. Like, yeah. there's, there's really no third option here. Yeah. 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 At least in these kinds of groups, you're, you're going to meet more people that don't suck versus people that do. Yeah. Which is good, and and I mean, chicks dig the uniform, right? Let's, oh, let's there be honest. Is. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> Man, we got thirty-three minutes in, and that, that didn't come up. Now, so. It's impressive. And I guess you know, like if you're a lady that wants to get into it, guys dig the uniform too. I, I have another story about that, but it's an off-the-air story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we we touched on the, the whole insider connections as well. It's you can't have enough connections, right? And you know, the more connections you have, the better connected you are. <laughs> Another terrible joke. Oh, yep. <laughs> All right. So I think we threw some links in there as well. Um, yep. Yeah. Basically, the Sarvac. What was that one? Uh, Search and Rescue so, Association of Canada, from the looks of it. Ooh, yeah. So they're, they're the ones that govern uh, basically how Search and Rescue works across the country. And then okay. each province has its own governing body as well. That, that cool. does stuff. Um, yeah, the the there's some cool programs that are run through some of those. One of those is the uh, Adventure Smart program, which is all about teaching kids how to kind of get through the woods if they get lost and stuff like that, and what to do, all that. And yeah, um, Sarvac is the the governing body of that for for Canada, and then hands out stipends to the the groups that that teach some of that curriculum and stuff like that. So it's government funded, which is kind of neat something useful for once. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So spending on like random stuff overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong podcast. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I also threw in some links. I did like five minutes worth of Googling just to see what kind of like uh, intake people are interested in. 
And the first four I came up with was one just down the road from me that I know of, and they're always recruiting because, well, the revolving door around here age-wise with a lot of the residents. Um, but Mississauga and Halifax, of course, I, I looked up a local one uh, near Gavin. Same thing, uh, hiring, Halifax hiring in Calgary. Uh, although they're hiring, they finish their intake for the year because I guess they do all their training in the summer. And so they kind of finish off their recruitment for this year, do all their training, and then they'll start recruiting again in the fall. So it seems they're always yeah. looking for people no matter where you look. So it's not like it's a, a barrier to entry with uh, the yeah. people. Yeah, and, right? and uh, the, the interesting thing is because it's all sort of set provincially, uh, some provinces it's actually a paid job. So oh. I believe out at BC, it's paid. Depend. I mean, there's still some volunteer organizations, but they actually have paid search and rescue positions. I believe oh. um, Ontario officially the OPP is designated as the people that do search and rescue, and then anyone else is a volunteer, and they decide whether they want to work with you or not. Uh, but yeah, some some provinces are paid; most are volunteer. Well, it's kind of like you and out here, the firefighting service is a volunteer firefighting service, but they're all paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> most most, vo most yeah. volunteer firefighters, they're, the, the term volunteer is a bit of a misnomer. They're usually what's what's yeah. d deemed paid on call. So they're only paid for the time that they're actually responding yeah. uh, or yeah. training, but they are, so it's, rather than just yeah. living at the hall, they, they do another job. But most, yeah. most services in Canada are like that. Um, mm -hmm. There are a few in... There are, well, there are a bunch in the U.S. that are like, completely volunteer, no pay at all. Yeah. Has somebody told them that volunteer means something different what they think it means? Well, <laughs> the, the, cha the, challenge, the challenge becomes getting, yeah. the, uh, get it, getting the general population on board with like, well, there, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's not really a part-time job. There are no set hours and it's, you know, yeah. paid on call is kind of a, a weird thing to explain. So we just kept the term volunteer and it made it easier. Yeah, easier to easier to explain. Yeah, yeah, it just saves a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. So long story short, I think if you just Google your local search and rescue organization, like your name of your city and search and rescue, you probably find something close to you. And if you want to join them, I'm sure they'll have you. So yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's yeah, it's usually not a very uh, stringent recruiting process. You applied, great, we'll take you. Yeah, <laughs> let's do this. So I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, like if I was here more often, I'd probably be doing the same. I just here enough to justify it because you know call will go out and i'll be like sorry off island like how much yeah. i can do so yeah, i don't want to uh, be that guy that that does shows up once every two years one you cool be the, thing the though, facebook update guy yeah it's uh if you get 200 volunteer hours for search and rescue in a year you get a tax break yep. really Fire, firefighters the same way yep yeah so like big tax break percentage small tax break it's small wow. but it's you know if you're going to do it, break. you're going to put some hours in. You may yeah. as well put 200 hours in. Yeah. No, I mean, why not? I mean, when you think about it, it's just your money that they're not taking from you now. So that's good. Yeah. They'll take it elsewhere, but <laughs> yeah, they'll still yeah. take yeah. it. Yeah. That's the other CPP. Yeah, and you'll 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 probably end up spending more because it's a volunteer organization than mm. you'll get back for your 200 hours of volunteer work. True. But you'll have some you cool know, gear, though. So yeah. Exactly. It, it's oh, nice yeah, when the, the, the search packs are, are like just, just jammed full of really awesome stuff. Yeah, it's nice when like your, you know, your your volunteer work and your hobbies all kind of like mixed together, so you only have to buy it once. Yep, <laughs> that's a good point. Well, with that, should we uh, move into the podcast challenge?
Sounds like a plan. So, uh, in the absence of joining a search and rescue group, take some time to learn proper map and GPS use. So, basically, uh, offload their workload. Figure out another way to ensure you don't get lost. So, whether you want to use <laughs> GPS apps, uh, maybe just carry on a whistle, some flare guns, a compass, anything to make the search and rescue group's life easier. That would be fantastic. Best thing, you can do to, best thing you can do to be found, by the way, is stop moving. Yeah. 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 Really, it's really hard to hit a moving target. Yeah, sure so when we do the Adventure Smart program for kids, uh, and adults can do this too, we tell them to stop and hug a tree. Yep. That works. And be, be loud, be seen. God, there's, there's too many people around here that took that weight literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Freaking> tree <hunters>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's move into the upcoming events. No more tree hugging. Yeah, that's not an upcoming event. No. <laughs> Alan? Sorry, I, um, I was on mute. Um, uh, upcoming events. Um, nothing's happening. The world is still shut down, and life is not going to happen for a while. Um, TACCOM is coming up in April, but that's a long ways off. Um, if you would like to buy tickets this far in advance, please use the link through our show notes, and that will help us out as well as make it easier for the TACCOM people to justify why they're doing the things that they're doing if they've got tickets pre-sold. Fair enough. Uh, you can attend a Maple Seed event. Uh, they have started up now, even despite the COVID. So at mapleseedrifleman.com, you can look it up. I actually managed to sneak in on a wait list. Uh, I will be attending the Maple Seed event in Campbell River on the 23rd of August. Nice. Now that I've said that, I better get my, my rifleman patch or else I'm going to look like my a-hole. So. Well, practice, practice, <laughs> that's, practice. That's not, that's not what makes you look like an a-hole, Ian. That's <laughs> that's right. It's everything else, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one you know, of us was going to He'll be it. completely inseparable once he does get it, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, be wearing it on the hat. On the, yeah. Get yeah. it tattooed on. Yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, the August the 12th, uh, Melissa Norris from uh, Pioneering Today is going to be running a free home canning webinar. So that's a sign of the times. Everybody's going uh, webinar now. So uh, there's a webinar going on. There will be a show uh, or a link in the show notes if uh, you're interested to register for that. Cool. Yeah, so uh, we're getting some events starting back up, so it's good. Slowly but surely. Yeah, let's move to some shout-outs. I didn't put it in the show notes, but uh, I do want to shout out uh, a couple of the guys when I wrote my um, ham test, uh, what was that, three weeks ago? Um, There were a couple of guys there. Uh, Riley is one of them, and they listen to the show. So, if guys, if you're out there tonight, that's awesome. Um, Appreciate the support, and uh, hope to hear you on the air at some point. Nice. So we've got uh, some new Patreons. So uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Terry for uh, becoming a $10 a month Patreon. Appreciate that. We've got Richard at uh, $2 a month and uh, John at uh, another $5 a month. So appreciate you guys uh, signing up for that. It uh, certainly helps pay the bills and keep the show on the air. So much appreciated. That's really generous for sure. Yeah, we do appreciate that. Uh, as for myself, just a quick shout out to the listeners. Uh, if anyone actually does hydroponic growing, like uh, not aquaponics, but actual hydroponics with the, the pipes and the plants and everything else indoors, I'm actually kind of curious to talk to them. Maybe see if we can get them on the show. So uh, sure please drop a few them. of them out your way. There's probably a few out in BC, <laughs> but nobody will admit it. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I know for sure. If uh, we're looking for any listeners, if they want to just give us a call, uh, drop us a line, that'd be great. And we'll see if we can uh, pick your brain at the very least. Um, shout out to listener Cam for the free generator. And that is awesome. He's probably listening tonight as well. 
And uh, a sad farewell to a company military surplus for the great business and service. They will be missed for sure. Uh, just a quick reminder, they're open until September 1st, 50% off of everything in the store, and they got some pretty cool gear there for sure. Uh, located at 2240 Alberni Highway, Coombs, BC, which is like uh, next to that famous Coats on a Roof tourist trap. So uh, for sure, go and support them. They're going into retirement, so it'd be nice to help a couple of veterans uh, sail into a, a cash-rich environment for their retirement. Good for them. Glad they're retiring. Yeah. yeah. I hope to be there someday before I'm 70 myself. Yep. All right. Let's move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. All right. I think actually I got, I put in this one from William. Uh, the best prepping, yeah, the best prepping podcast I found on Spotify. Good practical information, uh, minimal tinfoil hat talk. Sorry about that. <laughs> and rather enjoyable to listen to during work. Only downside is some audio glitches, uh, but I guess I never really know if it's the podcast shitty internet connection while they're recording or my Bluetooth earbuds dropping the signal. Uh, let's let's go work. with the Bluetooth for right now. Sure. Let's prove it otherwise. <laughs> He's uh, listening in Nevada, USA. So thanks, William. I appreciate it. So that. which one of us paid him to do that? Because, uh, man. I think that was actually organic, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. How, how many other preparedness podcast or on spotify i mean uh, maybe like done? 15 anyways <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of them <laughs> oh well there you go it's a yeah it's an honest organic compliment then i like it they happen every now and again yeah and a positive one at that a yeah. positive yeah that's yeah. Yeah, that's even better yeah um we got we did get another email from edmonoto not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize for the butcher if I am if I'm if I'm not. Uh, according to the media now, uh, the protests were 100% peaceful. All the rioting, looting, violence, and burning buildings we saw was just a conspiracy, and our eyes were playing tricks on us. I don't know if there's more to that that got cut off. Nope, that was all we got. So, that was all uh, we got. Um, I think they're talking about BLM protests, which BLM I kind of giggle about. Or is it? Or is he talking about Hong Kong? Maybe. Well, uh, um, so. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of internet memes out there about uh, the BLM protests when they're burning down buildings. Everything was everything was fine, according to a lot of these reporters. Okay. But, well, um, yeah. you know, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there, and the the reality is that we're never going to know the whole truth about any violent situation. Um, I think what we're getting to though is a place where there's enough raw footage that we can put together kind of a reasonable facsimile of the main points of the truth and i think that it will come out it will come out that um 100 that nothing is ever 100 percent peaceful or 100 percent violent i think that's probably a good place to leave that yeah, yeah that works <laughs> uh so we've got uh, an email from terry it says uh five stars from orlando florida uh, I don't use iTunes, so I can't review you there. Uh, thank you for the information. It keeps me company while I work on my own preps. Uh, after living through Hurricane Charlie in 2004 and nine days without power in the height of the uh, Florida summer, so it feels like temperature was about 104 degrees Fahrenheit or uh, 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, I've uh, prepped ever since. Keep up the great work. So thanks, Terry. Appreciate that. That's awesome, Terry. And yeah, hurricane, hurricanes suck. Hurricanes and humidity suck even more. Um, yeah. Keep up the uh, keep up the good fight down there. And we've got a, another email, and uh, it starts out greeting you, bunch of pricks. And I just started <laughs> laughing from there. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so it says uh, this email has been a long time coming. Uh, started enjoying the podcast back in January, February of 2019. 
you look all wrong. What I mean by that is I did not want to watch any YouTube recordings until I caught up. Uh, obviously, my listening schedule wasn't uh, regular as I would have caught up a long time ago. So today I finally got there and I watched the power outage episode on YouTube after 78 episodes. Uh, you're, uh, you're a little bit more like family and I had formulated images of how you look like in my mind. I can relate with that. Uh, you do that with dispatchers when you're working emergency services. Uh, I was uh, very disappointed when I watched the clip. Uh, all kidding aside, I really expected Ian Hughes and Tyler to look like Eric. Okay. Uh, Eric looked like Tyler. And I kind of think Alan probably has a similar look as Ian's, but the tattoo is getting in the way. The tattoo's in the way because the uh, I don't have quality enough internet to show my face at the same time. Um, Ian and I have been in the same place at the same time, and and it's true. We've been about two, two and a half Ians inside of me, just for, <laughs> just. For yeah, I felt like a new Palumpa. So. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, I kind of look like a new Palumpa, so it works out well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so add that to your visual. Um, <laughs> or not yeah. or, or not uh, I'd give you a five star review but I see a lesser known app called uh, Podcast Addict and it doesn't do star ratings like on Apple uh, congratulations and thank you for producing a quality show that applies to all levels of preparedness uh, I reside in the Barry area I'm not a gun owner uh, yet I got to uh, convince my wife but I certainly support you and agree with all the rights to bear arms uh, having said that due to my can experience I, I with them real quick Eric sure. yep um, it is a whole lot better to beg forgiveness than ask permission in most cases. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, completely unrelated. Yeah, completely unrelated. <laughs> yes, completely unrelated to that. <laughs> uh, so due to my experience with them, uh, the gun-specific shows are the only few times that my mind wandered off a bit while listening. Uh, that and your epic episode on IFAX. Uh, I have recommended the show to a friend. I rarely finish an episode without having learned something new, big or small. Uh, you all contribute wonderfully from and from different uh, strengths. I really appreciate the geographical representation with Ian on the West Coast, Hughes on the East, uh, Colin, Eric, and Alan in Ontario, and Tyler for an honest, non-overbearing American perspective. Yeah. We Here. we keep him in check pretty well. There's not we one do. eagle or flag or anything yeah. going off in the background like this. It's crazy no. with Tyler. No. I don't know. We added it all out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, kudos for keeping a mostly politically neutral uh, presentation, although it's no secret we are mostly all conservative types of varying degrees. Uh, if I want to rant about leftist or leftist ideologies, I just have to listen to the other CPP podcast, uh, which, <laughs> if it weren't for you, I would not know of his existence. So thank you for that, too. I like how our two podcasts always tend to overlap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, both in the panel and in the content. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Strange uh, Bedtellers or something. Yeah, like minds. So, so here we go. The only thing you guys suck at is conspiracy theories, or maybe that's uh, all you were willing to admit to way back in episode 14, kind of like OPSEC for conspiracy theories. I forgive you. Okay. Fair well, enough. We could go on about that for hours, but honestly... <laughs> it, you have to do we, another... We'd have to do another, like, like sitting... Well, we'd have to be sitting all in the same room and absolutely yeah. piss drunk, and that would be really entertaining. <laughs> I promise. Man. And there's also the problem with keeping the audience mainstream, growing the audience, and you don't want to, you know, if somebody disagrees with you because of your belief in one item, you know, pro or negative, you might lose an entire listener for who knows how long. So it's just best True. to keep to the how-to aspect more than anything else. True. Maybe we'll uh, we'll do a Patreon episode on conspiracy theories. Ah. But we have to pick one we all believe in. They're like, True. Oh, no, it's, it's way better if we just all disagree. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right. So carries on with, uh, I would love for you to, if possible, revisit and expand on the scenario of a severe EMP, uh, man-made or natural outside of nuclear war or a monstrously uh, deadly pandemic. Uh, it's the uh, shit at the fan scenario, thankfully unlikely. Uh, it's going to uh, DEFCON 1 in a matter of seconds, society being traveled back in time to the year 1800 in a flash. It would require everything you have taught in your episodes without the possibility of referencing your archive since electricity and or the power to make it would potentially be unavailable. Step one is print all the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and then definitely people, step one. People can't yeah. take knowledge from you. So that's the one thing that <laughs> you always have with you. So yeah. keep the knowledge yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. So that continues on. Uh, I was starting to wonder around episode 40 if you're going to run out of topics, but you keep on attacking. Bravo. Uh, Eric, you've come a long way since the humble nine-minute episode on ham radios. Oh, yes, I remember that one. I thought it was a long one compared to the first episode I did. Uh, consequently, I offer you guys uh, the following fun podcast challenge. Make the greatest hits episode for your hundredth outside of a two- or three-minute collage of uh, Eric's bad dad jokes. Assembling the rest of the episode might not be easy, but I believe you're up to the task. You have 20 episodes to prepare if you choose to accept. We're getting challenges now. I don't uh, think we have a choice but to accept this challenge. I don't uh, think yeah. we have a choice, yeah. I think this is the first time we've ever been called out publicly for this. I think we have to go hard on this now. I, I know what animal yeah. I'm bringing on to that, that episode then. <laughs> <laughs> is it a rooster? Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, oh, speak, Speaking of which, I, I forgot to give it a little shout-out. So the, the star of the poultry episode, Ginger, yeah. she died yesterday. Uh, Oh, so my little Mrs. Bigglesworth chicken, she, uh, she unfortunately passed away and she'd with us for six years, believe it or not. Uh, I was going to ask if it was, uh, by, by your hand, cause you needed something to eat for dinner or <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. she, uh, she passed naturally. She went through henna pause a couple of years ago, but as far as like a PR bird and getting people into being interested in chickens, yeah. like she was a superstar. Right. So and uh, yeah. delicious with 11 herbs and spices. No, she was, she was, boy, she was down to nothing. You, you could literally pick her up and eat. She, I bet she was, had to be less than half a pound. She just, just lost all of her body mass. So we knew it was coming. So yeah. anyway. Well, I'll uh, finish off the letter here. It says, uh, I'll be buying a T-shirt in the near future and be visiting rapidsrival.com next time I require gear. So appreciate that. Uh, watching you live doesn't fit into my schedule, so I'll keep on listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, great work, you guys. Many thanks. And it's signed off, Maverick321. Well, awesome. I think that might be the second longest email we've ever received. I think I'm so. Pretty sure the longest one was the one that I sent before my just before my first episode on on here. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yep. Ma- Maverick, if you want to go shooting sometime, drop drop me a line. I'm not that far away. I'll gladly and, take you out. And I uh, I would extend that exact same invitation. I'm certainly not that far away either. And strangely right. enough, I used to live in Barrie for 13 years. So yeah, I'm nice. driving through Barrie next week. Small it's, world. It's, it's the, the center of the universe, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I will uh, bring episode number 80. We've got 20 episodes to go. Challenge is on uh, of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the Prepper Podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Submit a review. And when I'm not on mute, we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast. Click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. You can contact me directly on Instagram at PPSWO or um, Alan with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. 
So you can find me on the gram as well, urbex underscore GTA or ragnaroktactical.ca. Uh, if you use the code Gavin10, you'll get a discount on some stuff. Ooh, cool. uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find myself and Gavin on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes and YouTube. There you can find us discussing why government waste in society makes both of us want to wander off into the woods. <laughs> well done. And, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat uh, while you're buying some prepper gear. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>